Who Dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish Podcast. We are part of Fansided, bringing you everything New Orleans Saints. That includes analysis, rumors, and breaking news into the show. And for today, we will be previewing the second preseason game for the New Orleans Saints of the 2018 season. And here to join me, I have a very special guest. He is the site editor for USA Today's Cards Wire, which covers year-round the Arizona Cardinals, of course. And he also hosts the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Been covering the Cardinals since 2011. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Jess Root. Uh, appreciate you coming on to the show. How are you feeling, uh, especially with this uh, Cardinals team preparing for the regular season? Well, it's an exciting, it's been an exciting offseason for us as we look forward to the season, simply because everything changed. We went from a Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer-led team to um, Steve Wilkes and Sam Bradford with, well, not, if we're going from also not having any future or anyone at that, for that matter, at get quarterback to now a very competent room moving forward is is something that it appears to be. So not only they have their, their quarterback for the now, they have it for the future too. Of, of, of the four best quarterbacks, I'm just going to say this before we jump into previewing the game, but of the four best quarterbacks of this past draft, I thought Josh Rosen was the most underrated. Somehow he was he was picked for, I mean, it went Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, and somehow Rosen got picked after all those guys. I don't know how it happened. I think you guys are very lucky to have him. Got him 10th overall. Um, obviously, you've been following them close in training camp. He's been looking good uh, uh, from, from, from your viewpoint so far? Uh, what you can expect from a rookie, yes, he's looked good. Has good. he set the world on fire? No. Uh, but he was very impressive early on because he's the one thing that, that we can say about Rosen is he's very intelligent. And so even within the first couple of weeks of, of OTAs and minicamp when they were holding Sam Bradford out of this stuff, so he was running with the first team, he was able to, to get the line of scrimmage from the two-minute offense um, and really impressed teammates like Patrick Peterson was absolutely amazed at his mental acuity to be able to do that. Um, in terms of the football, and he's he's had great practices. He's had he's had bumps in the road, like every rookie does, still trying to adjust the program pro game. But thus far, overall, he has been everything that you could have asked for, and even more so because of the this thing that the people keep this narrative that surrounds him of not being a good teammate, not being a dedicated football player, kind of being me first, being diva like. Um, it's, we haven't seen it. And even, even this last week, there was an article on SI that, that where Robert Klemko spent what one afternoon of practice and brushed a wide, like used a wide brush to paint the picture of him being this very, you know, comparing him to, to the undrafted rookie Chad Kanoff out of, out of Princeton. And he talked about his body and his body language and how, He's worried about him moving forward. That he just he's like he won't be able to handle, you know, mistakes and failure as opposed to Kanoff, who is super attentive. But you know, every undrafted rookie has to take everything to the nth degree in everything they do because they know that there is almost no chance that they even get the practice squad. I mean, he's the fourth quarterback on the roster, right? And and the third guy, Mike Glennon, of course, uh, uh, on that roster as well. Um, so let's jump into talking about the game, of course, for those of you listening and noticing a familiar voice absent. Uh, Tyler will be on the next episode, which will follow up shortly here. His uh, 
computer was just giving him some fritz, and uh, I, I really wanted to talk to Jess about this game. So uh, Tyler apologizes, but he'll be on the next little mini episode we have right, right after this, talking more in depth about the Saints side of the ball. But uh, uh, Jess, let me ask you this, man. Despite you guys losing David Johnson last year to uh, in, in the very first game of the season, um, he ended up returning later on, but he, he he missed just about the entire season. After being the hottest running back in 2016, he was climbing up boards. Um, you guys were still able to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, and, and this was due in part to, uh, fantastic performances by the defense. They finished sixth in the league in rush yards allowed and sixth in total yards allowed. Um, obviously the secondary was a little bit of a different story, but you can uh, attribute that to injuries. Um, and, and the offense of course was shaky without their number one guy, um, um, I'm playing back there, but it was still a very impressive season for you guys. Given the circumstances, how surprised were you? How pleased were you with the final finish of the Cardinals last year? Well, it- Things went really, I mean, 8-8, eight and eight, people weren't happy with how things finished overall, but the when you look at the history of the Cardinals, and the Saints obviously can look back at their history because the they have some similar, you know, they, I know the Saints have gone through the AIDS, they can, you know, it's famous for the bag of the, Cardinals have a terrible history, mm-hmm. an awful, 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 awful history, um, and, but if we look at over the last five years, and that their down years were seven and eight wins. Like, it felt like, oh, they were just bad. When they were really a pretty mediocre team, or they were a talented team that just had too much happen to them. So it was amazing that they got to eight and eight, but no one was happy about it. it was, the, the last week, the, the, the week 17 win in Seattle was, was sweet. But when you're playing Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbard as your starters for nine games of the season, you can't expect much. Now, if we don't look at... The injuries they suffered. So they lost their starting quarterback. They lost their second string quarterback for a while. They lost um, two starting running backs of David Johnson and, and Adrian Peterson. They lost their left tackle. They lost their right tackle. They left lost their left guard. They lost their leading sack uh, pass rusher from the previous year, Marcus Golden. They lost safety Tyvon Branch midway through the season. And he was playing. He wasn't going to be a Pro Bowl, but he's having a Pro Bowl type season. And the fact that we the Cardinals were able to keep things together and and even win eight games and without it letting it just completely fall apart was was really quite a feat. It was one of the it, some of Bruce Arians' finest coaching for some of the year. Even though there were frustrations and like there was no reason to lose to Tom Savage the way they did in Houston because Tom Savage is not that good. But mm. the Cardinals made him look good, and, and they had some issues defensively. Like the metrics overall say they were great. But points allowed, they were middle to bottom of the bottom of the pack in terms of points allowed. But you look at every single metric, they were good. Mm. It was they that last year there was their offense that failed them so often and put them in poor position to be able because they they were really high on, in the in the league in terms of points allowed per possession and plays per possession per yards per ten, and really sort of every metric across the board. They were strong defensively except for points. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, even, even passing yards allowed, they were, they were 14th in the league, uh, which is again, middle of the pack. It's not terrible or anything. So, um, yeah. And, and of course points are, are the most important part of the game. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of saints fans can agree with you on two things you said, obviously about the, the history of the team. We all know that the, the ain'ts other than the, uh, obviously super bowl winning season and, you know, some success, uh, in, in this era with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Other than that, it's been, you know, a lot of bad luck for the Saints. So uh, we definitely feel your pain there. And, of course, Tom Savage, he's 
back up to Drew Brees now this year and uh, been off been off to somewhat to a shaky start. I so forgot uh, about that, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned him and uh, how you guys faced off against him last year. But uh, obviously, you mentioned Bruce Arians had to re- or didn't have to, but he did retire uh, this this past off season. I'm uh, moving on from him, going with Steve Wilkes. Uh, of course, as you mentioned, moving on from Carson Palmer, he's retiring. Uh, spent five seasons with the team, 15 total in the NFL, uh, and and you guys signed Sam Bradford, uh, who was coming off a uh, a very short stint with the uh, Minnesota Vikings, and then you, of course, as we've talked about, drafted uh, Josh Rosen tenth overall. So. You guys are priming Rosen for the future, so is it fair to say that Bradford is just a filler guy there? Because he he he's had to deal with injuries in the past, um, and of course he was drafted number one overall uh, eight years ago. So he's definitely um, reaching that point uh, where quarterbacks reach, where they're just the the point past their prime, where it's they're just going to be a decent game managing quarterback uh, for the rest of their careers, unless you know you're somebody like a Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Um, but so, so is it fair to say he's a filler guy there due to all that? Or, or do you think that that two-year contract that Bradford signed is, is more important for this team uh, going forward? Of course, he's going to help mentor Rosen. But do you think he's, he's going to play more of a role than just a filler guy to wait for Rosen? Well, here's what – when they signed him, there was no way to know exactly how the quarterback situation was going to play out. Right. And so they, they signed a guy in Bradford that they really believe in talent-wise – and so they, the two-year deal was, okay, he, it's basically the one-and-one type of deal with, with at his age to where if he plays well and they haven't addressed the quarterback position, they have a quarterback. Um, but he was always going to be a placeholder of some sort. Now, after drafting Josh Rosen, everyone in the world knows Sam Bradford's going to be in Arizona one year unless, um, unless Rosen basically craps the bed. Uh, <laughs> In the right. preseason, which he hasn't done, which he hasn't done. Everything's been positive. So Bradford knows, I mean, originally it was, you know, Steve Kime, glowing, glowing reviews of Sam Bradford and, and said that, you know, even after the drafted Rosen, he's not going to back off of his evaluation of Bradford, that he could be off, he could be the comeback player of the year, that, that he is a talented quarterback who could, in the right situation, lead a successful team he's never done it was when seven games is the most games he's ever won in any season yeah. but so they were ready they were prepared for him to have a one year and you know maybe it's their next Carson Palmer Kurt Warner reclamation project but with Rosen in the fold now he is officially he he's a dead man walking in terms of the starting quarterback but it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward in the offseason will they just release him will they be able to trade him because if he plays well and you know, his middle name being if healthy, mm. he's mm. a good quarterback. And, and if the Cardinals can get him through a season healthy, some team will bite. Some team will bite and, and will trade for him. Um, but it, it's a perfect situation because getting that two-year deal, the best case scenario you can get from Sam Bradford is to know if you get him through one full year, like if you get 16 games out of Sam Bradford, you've won the lottery. And yeah. so to have Josh Rosen in place, it's perfect because now you don't have to play the lottery. You've already got your quarterback because you know Sam Breton, you know, he his knee, it's it's different because there's something, it's exactly what it is, but there is a, it's a degenerative type thing in his knee. So it's going to go at some point. Yeah, I, absolutely. He, he, he's, he's reminding me almost of like the uh, Greg Oden, so to speak, of, of the NFL. Uh, obviously, he's had a little bit more success in his league, but that knee problem for Greg Oden back uh, about you know ten years ago when he was suffering that 
it, it, it just would not go away. It, it, it kept coming up year after year, and I feel like that's happened often with Bradford, but he is such an accurate passer. He's, he's, he's one of the most underrated, accurate-throwing quarterbacks in this league, um, and, and, and I, th- I think that his mobility is a little bit underrated, but since he has had the injuries, it's, it's gone down a little bit. But I, I, I still think that he's, he's definitely a little bit better than just a filler guy. Um, so do you believe Rosen will play often this year? Obviously, it's, it's going to be hard to tell. If, if Bradford does stay healthy and you guys are doing good, there's going to be no reason to bench Rosen. But if you had to predict it right now, do you think Rosen will, will, will get a few starts here and there? Uh, ob- obviously, he'll probably play in, in a lot of garbage time moments if you guys end up getting in that situation. But, you know, if Bradford's healthy, do you see Rosen sneaking in a couple starts? Obviously, if you guys are struggling, yes. But successfully, maybe? What, what, what would I- you predict right now? As of right now, the one thing that's been made very clear is that, that Sam Bradford is the quarter, is the starting quarterback. So Rosen's only going to start if, one, Bradford gets hurt, two, they locked up a play, <laughs> they locked up a playoff spot in for Week 17, mm-hmm. or things go badly this season because they want to compete, obviously. If they, now, now, that's another thing. Bradford's never really been, aside from the 1-15 in 15, Rams that one season, he's ne- his teams have always been middling, and so they're competitive. They're all right. The only so if if Bradford gets hurt, obviously, or if the season goes very badly, I would see that's when you put Rosen in. But other than that, they're they're riding with Bradford for for now until and for the distant future, uh, at least through this season. My, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Bradford being. Uh, it, the, the, it's crazy. My my father has been a Rams fan his entire life, so obviously he was he was very excited to see Bradford come in, and just the disappointment he suffered every year. Because you're right, the teams Bradford was on outside of that uh, uh, horrendous one in fifteen team. They, they they were competitive. They were actually decent, but they just could never make anything out of it. It'd be a lot of 7-9, 8-8. It's like Jeff Fisher coached them like that entire time while Bradford was there. It's like they had the curse before they even got Fisher. So you, you're absolutely spot on. And, uh, um, ho- ho- I mean, hopefully Bradford can, can you know, tack on a few more wins than just 7 or 8 for you guys heading into the season. But for Friday's game specifically, obviously a lot of guys competing for roster spots, a lot of guys competing for starting minutes. Uh, for, for the Cardinals... Who are the most intriguing position battles? I know there, there's quite a few to, to most likely watch, but you guys drafted a guy like Christian Kirk, wide receiver. I think he's, he's probably most likely going to be fighting for stuff. Uh, you lost Tyron Matthew, so the, I, I'm assuming there's going to be some question marks at the safety position. And obviously you've got to watch them play already week one against the Chargers, which they won 24 uh, to 17 um, at home. So, uh, But yeah, what, what are some more intriguing position battles to watch come Friday? Well, the main one at this point would be the wide receiver position because outside of Larry Fitzgerald, it's a bunch of we don't know. Mm. Uh, as of right now, Bryce Butler is the number two, but he's not going to play on Friday. Uh, he has the lead right now on the depth chart. But they've got Bryce Butler. Um, yeah, I'm going to call him a career disappointment. He's not not mm. bad, but he's been more talent than production. He hasn't had. He's got the he's got the size. He's got the speed, and he has the the, the ball skills to be able to be great. But he hasn't had a 400-yard season since high school. So even in college, it's just been year after year where he's he makes some flashy plays and then doesn't do much else. So there's Butler, there's Chad Williams, second-year player the Cardinals drafted a year ago that we're really excited about. They've got um, J.J. Nelson, a guy who's been with the team for a while, fast, fast, fast. You've got Christian Kirk, Greg Little, um, hasn't played since 2014, drafted second round by Cleveland in 2011, hasn't, you know, He's made some he he's made some moves in camp to impress 
So the wide receiver position is the one to kind of watch overall. Um, the cornerback position was going to be an interesting, the opposite Patrick Peters was going to be an interesting position battle, but it looks right now that Jamar Taylor, whom they acquired via trade in the offseason with the Browns, who started the last two years in Cleveland, that he has locked that up. And I, there's not much competition. It's more for the back end of the roster. Um, the other position battle to watch is really at defensive end, because Marcus Golden, who is not back from his ACL injury yet, um, there, it's a little bit unknown who's going to start the season there. Is it going to be Benson Mayoa, a guy that, that's flashed as a pass rusher? We've got a, a, a second-year player, Vontarius Dora, who, who's played one game in the league, but spent a lot of time on the first team up until about a couple of weeks ago. And, and other than that, those are the main position battles, with receiver being the, with the eyes on the at receiver um, there's some players that they, that we want to pay attention to. Obviously, David Johnson's going to play. He's not going to play a whole lot, but they drafted a kid out of Fordham named Chase Edmonds, whom mm. they're really high on as to what it... In fact, it, they liked his his physical numbers, his testing numbers, so much because they matched a guy who's great. They won't even say who it is because of how lofty it is. And, and looking... I'm not going to say he's like him, but he has the same type of build and running style as Emmett Smith. Mm. I don't think he's the exact comp. And obviously, you know, he went to Fordham, so uh, he's not super fast. He's speedy, but he's super agile. He's super quick. Great short movement skills. He can catch the ball a little bit as well. So he'll be a guy who'll get some who'll get some burn with the first team after they take David Johnson out. Um, because AQ Shipley, the starting center, was lost for the season at, at center with an ACL injury. Um, Mason Cole, the rookie out of Michigan, is is a guy to watch as well to see what happens there um, because they drafted him in the, in the third round. He's you know hasn't missed a start. I mean, he started as a freshman. He, he mm. he's a natural interior lineman. Started at Michigan ever since his freshman year. Was the first offense freshman offensive lineman to start the season as a starter. Never missed a game in Michigan. Played three years at left tackle when he really wasn't a left tackle, but he played left tackle because he was their best lineman and played a year of center. He's more he's more of a center guard. Center's his natural position, and physically he looks great. Um, it's just a matter of can he overcome his inexperience with this physical talent. That's super impressive for a guy to be doing that under a uh, Jim Harbaugh program because we, we know how tough uh, Harbaugh is and, and we know that you know he can find the next guy up. So And I, I, I do think you guys got to steal Mason Cole in the third round. Um, I also think that Christian Kirk being available for you guys was, was very, very nice because he, he, he was up there with uh, – this pool in this past draft of receivers was just absolutely top to bottom, very impressive. So I'm surprised Kirk – uh, didn't go earlier. I'm, I'm I'm glad you guys were able to grab him. Um, and of course, Saints Saints got a guy in Traquan Smith. Uh, about fifty picks, forty. I think what Kirk was forty seventh overall. So about forty four picks afterwards. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna be excited to see Kirk work. Uh, I uh, covered him a little bit when I was uh, doing some draft uh, research for for the Saints because I was thinking he might be a guy they would target. So uh, I'm gonna be excited to see Kirk. Obviously, Larry Fitzgerald if he gets. Uh, um, uh, did did Fitzgerald play in a series uh, last year? Did you guys have your your starters playing? Because uh, Saints Saints had most of our starters playing besides Drew Brees in the last game. Um, I can't remember if the Cardinals had most a majority of your guys' starters out. Everyone played. All the starters played almost a series. Okay. David Johnson was out after two plays. Sam Bradford was out after the first series, and and the starters are expected to play more. 
mm-hmm. uh, because what they want to do is, in particular, now Bradford won't play a ton. He might play two series. David Johnson might play a full series or two. Fitzgerald probably the same. But the but the plan is to get Josh Rosen some reps behind the first team of offensive line to give him some experience back there because obviously his his performance last week was marked by um problems in the supporting cast where mm. his hit the center of daniel Munyer, backup center rolled about five <laughs> rolled about five shotgun snaps to him um wow. at, in the shotgun he had one drop on a tough catch that wasn't made a receiver didn't get a second foot down and another receiver who didn't locate the ball on the throw and then he was under pressure the entire so yeah yeah but the numbers weren't good. Right, right. Obviously, when you look at the stat sheet, you're going to say, oh, Rosen struggled. But you're right. If, if you dive into the tape, uh, watching the highlights, as um, um, I did a little bit uh, on YouTube, you can find them on the NFL YouTube channel for, for those of you guys who are interested in watching uh, the Cardinals play in the first preseason game to get you ready for uh, them facing the Saints. Yeah, obviously, Rosen was able to um, do what he could with what he was given. And um, I do think the Saints' defense, starting defense, is going to play a little bit more serious. So I'm going to be excited to see Rose and match up against our, um, a fair, I, I like to say, very, very impressive defense uh, going into this year. So I'm be excited to see what he can do with that with, with you know, first stringers around him. Um, any other guys you want to mention? Maybe some undrafted rookie free agents to keep an eye out for fighting for roster spots. Any other guys to uh, maybe keep an eye out for, whether it be offense, defense, special teams? Trent Shurfield out of out of Vanderbilt is a guy to watch. He's gotten nothing but praises through camp. Um, he he kind of reminds us what Jerron Brown was for us five years ago when he made the team as an undrafted rookie out of Clemson. Mm. He has he's got okay size. He's got good speed. He plays on special teams. Uh, he's a guy that I think was expected to make the roster. Um, on the other side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, keep an eye out uh, for uh, AJ Howard, safety out of Appalachian State. Big physical guy uh, was victim of one of the of that new rule when he but he leveled mm. a guy cleanly. That was a great hit. For leaving the helmet. It was a fantastic hit. Textbook. <laughs> and he got called for the the leading with the helmet. And but yeah, but he is fighting. A, he's he's fighting for a back end spot of the roster at safety. Obviously, the Cardinals have good depth at safety. Well, they have good talent at safety because they've got. Antoine Bethay, mm. they've got Trey Boston, and they signed that Buddha Baker in his second year. As expect he's taken over the Tyron Matthew spot. It's just after that, it's the depth. And AJ Howard's got a good shot. Um, he he seems to have the most potential, at least defensively, as a player on the field. Um, while another guy out of Washington, like Buddha Baker, Zeke Turner, who was a special teams ace in college, um, can perhaps make the team for the Cardinals doing the same thing. I do like Buddha Baker a lot. Uh, I also like Antoine Bethay, uh, so I, I'm, I'm excited for both those guys to play. Um, so, Jess, le- let's do, you don't you don't have to give me exact score if you don't want to. Obviously, it's preseason, so uh, <laughs> you, you don't really have to dive too deep into it. But if you had to give me a score prediction, maybe maybe predict the winner, um, or or you could even just say how you, how you think the starters will fare against each other. But score prediction for the game winner, if you had to pick one. Um, based on preseason playing in, in New Orleans, I, I would say that it's much more likely that New Orleans comes away with the win. I want to see the starters play evenly with the New Orleans starters because this is a nice test against, against that defense, against that defense where you've got the, you've got the pass rush, you've got the, you've got the secondary, 
And and on top of that, you've got the running game. Obviously, Andrew Brees. So if the Cardinals, I'm gonna I'm I'm going to be optimistic and say that they're going to play evenly with the starters. Um, you know, maybe a seven three either way or seven seven either way before the starters come out. And then after that, we watch the watch the young players battle for what is often almost unwatchable football, but we watch it anyway because we love football. And I'd, I'd anticipate that probably New Orleans comes away with the win there at home with between, you know, third strings or third stringers and fourth stringers playing at home as opposed to on the road. I'll take the home team every time. There you go. Yeah, last week I picked the Saints to lose, and they ended up winning, so I'm going to pick them to win this week, and they'll probably end up losing. So you're welcome in advance, Jess. Uh, 24 to 20, I got the Saints winning. Tyler has them winning 27 to 21. Um, Jess, thank you again so much for joining the show. Plug away at your social media, anywhere people can find you, read what you write, listen to you talk. Plug it away real quick before I let you go. Sure thing. It's uh, The site is cardswire.com. It's part of the USA Today NFL Wire. Uh, my podcast is Rise Up Sea Red, which you can find on pretty much any podcast outlet that you can. Search it up on Apple Podcasts. You'll find it there. On Twitter, I'm Senor Jess Root. I'm a, I know, I, I bilingual. I'm not mm. Mexican, but I'm not Hispanic myself, but I learned Spanish. And so my Twitter handle is Senor Jess Root, S-E-N-O-R-J-E-S-S-R-O-O-T. I, I, I wish Twitter let you use the tilde on the at symbol, but for whatever reason. They, that they would just... be way too hard. That'd be way too hard for people to try and find. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you'd say end with a tilde, and they'd say what? So uh, it ma- <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. But uh, again, appreciate the time, Jess. Looking forward to the game. You guys, uh, be sure to listen to the next episode coming up with Tyler in a second. Follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. We'll talk to you guys very soon. As always, who dat?